0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Mongols podcast sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike with me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds got their first point of the season in a 2-2 draw with Swope. We'll break it down along with some new stadium news, a word on our grassroots efforts and more. Let's
1: go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty.
0: What's What's great There you have it. Hound's got the first point, so we get a new intro. Matt Geick, I feel like that's for you. I didn't intend to put the whole, if it bleeds, they can kill it. But, you know, just felt like fate that you mentioned it. So now it's in there. So so how long do you think we'll go?
1: Because how long was the last intro? <laughs> like three years. Yeah. So so get used to it. <laughs> so get used to it. Or is this going to be a new thing? Like every, every year we have a new intro. Putting all the pressure on Mike right now. Uh, yeah.
0: I think maybe every year we'll do it. So I, I, I think I complained on the last episode because I was going back and listening to all of our episodes. So now I know what the listeners go through because I'm listening to every one of our interviews from the off season, And then I ended up just using one clip from Lily and the rest were audio clips from the games. Um, so if we do that format, that's not terrible. It didn't take that long. But the process of getting to that point, I got so many great clips from you know, Toby, from Coach, uh, from Tuffy that just didn't make it into the final cut. So we'll see um maybe we'll do it every year maybe we'll do it more frequently than that. i don't know depends what kind of mood i'm in i'm still um, sad
1: i'm still sad no no miracle <sighs> on the mon in there anymore at all you, I know. You, you threw it all away you just cut it all up <sighs> i know i we have to we
2: have to redefine our identity going into the future we can't just what a little grip on the past
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a fine line we have to walk guys uh how's it going kev what's going on
2: uh i finally watched spider-verse it's really good mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it watch it i know you guys have already seen it
1: and have discussed it but yeah it was really really good yeah josh anything new with you it's actually funnily enough is i just got the spider-man video game ps4 Ooh. uh got it used and uh i did mean to play it and i've been glued to that game for like the last week and I'm just like doing everything in the whole game. Like, even the stupid side stuff, like, hey, catch a pigeon. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. That'll be fun. <laughs> I don't care because you know what? I'm Spider Man. This is fun. So I, that's what I've been spending my free time doing.
2: Is Spider Man in like your top three favorite superheroes? Yeah, honestly, I know this is a big question.
1: No, but... like, growing up, not really, but I never like, disliked Spider Man. I was more of a yeah. DC kid growing up as far as comics yeah, okay. go. Mike, what about you and your kids?
0: Uh, so they've seen in the, they've seen the Spider-Verse movie and they love it, uh, in terms of where Spider-Man falls, uh, I'd, I'd put him in top three for sure. I mean, look for you, for me. Yeah. I mean, look, we grew up, you know, Josh, I'm going to lump you in here just cause I've seen some of your tweets recently where you throw back to TV shows and stuff from our childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but Batman, the animated series was a staple. Um, and so, you know, Batman is yes. up there. And I do think that I re- I distinctly remember in college going to see the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire and being really geeked out about that. I was I was rock climbing at that time too, so I was like, oh, this is <laughs> like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man, of course. Um, and so uh, so yeah, no Spider-Man would be top three for me. I don't know I don't know who would be my third out of the top three. It would probably be something obscure like like Rocket Raccoon or I don't know I don't know who my third would be. <laughs> Yeah. Really excited for the Avengers movie. This, this is taking a, a really Yeah, weird I was like, we're going to go yeah. down a whole <laughs> different Wait, let's, let's, I'm
1: trying not to talk because I know I'll just babble <laughs> about this
0: forever. So Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the game because we got a lot of stuff that we got to unpack here. Uh, a lot of news, as I mentioned in the intro. Hounds drew 2-2 against Swoet Park slash Sporting Kansas City. Um, if you uh, head over to uslnews.com, I sort of threw out some quick thoughts. Was this good? Was this bad? A bit of both. Um, and I constantly reference Swill Park slash Sporting KC. Because of the international break, Sporting Kansas City sent a number of players down to get minutes against us. And so this wasn't the case of us playing purely a USL side. There were a number of MLS players on the roster that we were playing against. So in terms of takeaways, you know, I, I sort of, I mean, oh, b- before you before even get into it,
2: I mean, we did play against a 16-year-old. Like, let's not forget about that either, right? <laughs> so. Like that was something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not fair, but yeah still.
0: it's still. yeah. So um, I have lots of thoughts about this, both positive and negative, which is sort of leaving me somewhat conflicted. So I'm gonna start with you guys. Josh,
1: give me give me a takeaway. Where do you stand on this game? Man, a roller coaster of emotions that second half. I mean, the first half, I kind of felt like I—I I had originally predicted a zero-zero draw. And as I'm watching the game, the first half, I'm like, you know, we're the better team here. I feel like we could get a win, but honestly, it's looking like a zero-zero draw is probably going to happen. And then from that 70, 70 minute mark on, it's just like, what? Huh? And then up, down, really down. Oh, uh, okay. At least we got a point. <laughs> so it, it was just a roller coaster. And I—if you would have told me two-two. Before I watched the game, I probably would have been okay with it. It was a little bit hard to swallow right when it happened, just because the fact that we uh, did have the lead there for a while. So, but after the you know sitting on it for a little bit, it, it feels like yeah, two two, okay, we got uh, we got goals, which is great. We you know had some good defending as well, especially that first half. So it's there's a lot of positives uh, once you have to you know swallow your pride and actually realize that you got draw
0: when you should have gotten a win The Steel Army posed the question on Twitter Um, I'm going to repurpose it here for each of you guys Was this one point earned or two point lost, Josh? How do you
1: feel? Um, Yeah, I I said one point earned because honestly, it would have been easy for us just to especially after that second goal you know what I mean, just kind of giving up and then not cared or even after that first goal, like we did last uh, game you know, once we get scored on we're kind of just all down and out and uh, that's not what happened in this game. So, to me, it was definitely earned. Kev,
0: one point earned, two point lost? I think it was actually two points lost. Just I mean, because
2: for 75% of the game, we were in control and I thought played really well. And we have just a crazy five-minute spell where we just kind of forget how to defend. Um, I mean, yeah, but up until, you know, 80th minute, I thought it was... A perfect kind of away performance. It was an early season away performance. I thought that obviously we'll get into it in a bit, but like some touches were off and all that kind of stuff. But and even the players look coming, like you see Toby celebrating the goal. It was kind of like a, yeah, it was coming. Like, yeah, we knew that. (laughs) And and so it, it, I think, I think when, when it's, when it's, I don't know, I, I think we created the better chances. Lungard comes up with, I think, I know at least one great save. It was hard to tell if the second one was was really good because the camera angle wasn't that great. Um, but bar, you know, outside of that, I thought we defended well and all that kind of. Stuff. So I think just in the context of how the game ended up unfolding, it just by the end of it, it
0: felt like uh, two points lost. I'm st- I'm torn on this because I, you know, we talked about sort of early season. Hounds are trying to find their footing. We go away. This was another case where we're playing a team in their home opener. Granted, there was like nobody there and it sounded like they were in a cave. Um, But to go on the road early in the season, get a point, like we've said, you know, three points at home, one point away, and you're sitting here in the top of the standings. So they got the job done. Um, It wasn't pretty at the end. But there was a lot of other prettiness throughout the game that, uh, that we'll get to here. So I think I just talked myself into saying one point earned. I think after the game, I felt two points lost, like for sure. I was pretty upset about it. But I think, you know, sitting back and looking back at it, I'll, I'll say one point earned. Um, I, I know you uh,
2: pointed it out on Twitter before the game, but we, uh, we nailed that prediction lineup, didn't
0: we? Yeah, We did. He <laughs> said, uh, what changes? And we basically said, start
1: Brett. And Brett in and, and Lungard in. Lungard. Yeah.
0: Which, I don't know. I mean, I,
2: to me, those are some of the standout players. How do you guys think Brett and Lungard played? Yeah, I thought Lungard
1: definitely is a standout player this game. I mean, yeah. that that save at the very beginning of the game, I feel like we could have been looking at another repeat of last week, uh, the week before, I should say now, um, if it wasn't for that save. Because it it saves us from that early goal against us and kind of like – being on the back foot again and trying to get back into the game. Uh, So yeah, that, that say was awesome. It, it, it probably,
0: this probably isn't the right comparison, but there were times where I sort of watched him and his size and presence and the way that he did not hesitate to come out reminded me slightly of when (laughs) Stefan was back there for us. Like, I'm not, I'm not like hyping him up or anything. it's just like, it was sort of, and this isn't a knock on Kyle. It was just sort of night and day to what we saw last week. There was no hesitation. Um he was aggressive. He made the saves he need to make he need to make and uh, aside from the two that went in, so I guess he didn't make them all. But you know, the important ones where they were obvious, those were saves you have to make then. Kev, you're you're typically the most critical of the keepers. What did you think of Lungar's performance? No, I thought he was great. Um I, I think one of the best
2: uh things that I was that I observed in his game was and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's been a while since Stefan was in net for us. but when he was here, if I'm remembering correctly, it kind of felt like he was just kind of above it all and showed it with his play, he was like, I'm clearly better than everyone here. <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to do anything than be that. And I think the difference with Lungard, he was good and he played well and he played confidently but you know when between plays like if he made a save and went off for a corner the camera would zoom in on him and you can see he's yelling to the players he's trying to communicate with his with his back line he's he's talking constantly at least that's what came across on tv so I, that was really encouraging for me i love seeing a keeper who wants to take control of his box uh, wants to command his his defense and it seems like he is not afraid to do that like he doesn't care if he's on loan he doesn't care if he, you know he's not necessarily like under full permanent contract or whatever with the Riverhounds he's going to get in he's going to organize the way he feel like he, he needs to organize and and that, I think that I was really happy to see that um and I don't know I, I don't I mean it's not going to change right I mean that's the it's just it, it just seems like that's the character who he is so that's that's encouraging yeah.
0: it, you know we, we've talked to Lily, we've talked to uh, Hunter, Gilstrap who's the keeper coach and they talk about how it's not so much a rotation, but they want to make sure that the guys all get minutes. Um, all the keepers get minutes and so that if something does happen, there's no panic, everybody's had a chance. Considering this performance, going into this weekend's game against Bethlehem, do you, can you can you? I mean, obviously we're not in practice, so we don't see what's going on. But if you're the coach, just looking at these two performances, it's got to be Big Ben, right? It can't be. You can't go back to Kyle after a performance like that.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I, I want to nip this. Uh, we're not calling him Big Ben. It's are Big we? Ben, Josh. Yeah, no, we're not calling ben. him Big Ben. I'm, I don't. I'm on Josh. Yeah, stand, right. that's no. I'm no. saying no to Big Ben. That that my. You can call him what you want, Mike, but I'm call not calling him Big Ben. <laughs> call him Big Ben
0: sorry yeah. right.
2: <laughs> kind of like how i did with vonky zeal you guys say tommy v i just say vonky Azeel.
0: you can do your thing what Mike. was the guy calling him on the right like vonky easy or something like oh, that. oh he he
1: went through <laughs> i think three different pronunciations of that you know it's of that name. small shout out i actually thought
2: they weren't terrible yeah. especially the co-commentator oh yeah the co-commentator was pretty yeah. good um i thought the guys in tampa yeah,
0: were good too like so far they haven't been bad so yeah yeah yeah, yeah i agree um josh who's your starting keeper next weekend
1: I mean, I hope it's Guard. After this performance, I wanted to be him. But uh, something to keep in mind here is that Stefan, on the Columbus crew, he's going to be leaving to Man City uh, here in a, two months, I think. It, it's not too far away. So what happens when he leaves Columbus? Does Guard go back to Columbus? Because they're going to be short at keepers. Or he's going to be the reserve keeper for whoever is, I forget the guy's name, who's going to be the main keeper after Stefan leaves. So if that happens... And we get too, you know, used to having Longard and we, we don't really build up uh, Morton. Like, we're going to be screwed. <laughs> so, while I want it to be Lungard, I, I also want to see Morton have a better game. And I think Morton is a better keeper than what we saw oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that first game. Like, he isn't a bad keeper. I think he had a bad game. So, I, I don't want to become too complacent with Longard. So, while I want him because of that performance, I do think it's important to, to make sure we have Morton up to snuff for when the inevitable happens and he leaves.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, And I'm trying to look right now quickly, and I'm not going to have time to pull it up. We only have two keepers on the roster, right? I don't yeah. think we ever signed a third. Ask, so, you know? like, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're that might be something that we have to figure out. Um Guys, one of the other takeaways that I had in this game was uh, one of my complaints from the game against Tampa was it felt like every time the defense got the ball, we were just playing long balls over the top. And it felt like we were leaving in in that case, um, you know, whoever the forward was up top, uh, whether it was Dos Santos or Valesky, um, they were just on an island and they couldn't really do anything. We did that a little bit in this game as well, but it was a completely different outcome. I don't know if we were just putting the ball further. We were putting the ball much deeper in the first game or what, but the way that the Hounds set up was when we were on defense we fell into sort of a five three one one like a hard defensive shell that you know you want to try to pass through us good luck we're playing tight but that was while Swope had the ball in their defensive end and we just let them knock it around in their defense we didn't care as soon as they tried to pass it in the midfield we would pounce and we would switch into what felt like a three four three and go on the attack but if we got the ball in our defensive end it felt like we were playing long balls intentionally to let Swope get it and dink it around in their defense so that we could pounce on the counter and try to take advantage of sort of these runs that were in behind that Nico got a few of them where it was just sort of one on none. One, he was really close to being on sides and he was off sides for another one. He went in all by himself and tripped and, and then yeah. Kenny missed wide. But... It almost felt like it was a strategy that was actually working out. And I, I don't know how to f- how I feel about that. Because A, the strategy was it seemed to be working. But B, it felt like we almost didn't have any confidence in actually working it through our midfield. Which, again, it's early. The guys need to get used to playing together. But it was just an observation that uh, I thought was interesting. How it was the same sort of tactic from the first week. But it definitely was working more in our favor this week. And I don't know if that's the opponent. I don't know if that's us. I don't know. Kev, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think part of it is me being impressed with Brett. Honestly, I think – I just hope he gets a run of games now because I I think it did look like he was playing the first game of the season. Um, But I think his movement – I mean, his off-the-ball movement is just fantastic. And I think that's why we see maybe a more direct – I don't know, a more direct play working because, yeah, he, I think the way Brett moves and I think the way Forbes links up with Brett is is great. I mean, like you said, man, that one where he kind of... I don't know if that was the one where he kind of tripped over his own feet, but the one where Kerr puts the cross in and, yeah, and Kenny just nods it down. My God. I mean, like, if that, that should have went in just yeah. for the pure beauty of it. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so... I don't yeah, I don't know if it was a deliberate tactic from it I mean it makes sense playing away from home um and playing two up top uh but I think yeah, I think a lot of that Brett kind of allows you to do that um and yeah, I, I thought Brett had a great game I, I just want to see him yeah build his touch up a little bit more that's all gonna come with more games um so he did yeah to me he didn't seem like he lost too much of a step from last season and that's encouraging,
1: yeah, I agree,
0: Josh, who you're uh who were sort of your highlight performers or what other sort of takeaways do you have from this one?
1: Yeah, one thing I did notice was DeSantis actually was controlling the ball a lot and he was getting fouls left and right. Every single time that whistle blew is because he drew a foul. Uh it, it was pretty much consistent throughout the whole game. Uh and that I feel like that was really helpful as far as getting breaking up uh Swett Park and kinda making them uh collapse a little bit. And it's one of those things where I don't think he's gonna get a lot of credit for it and I think a lot of people are gonna be like, Well, he didn't score, so it doesn't matter. But i I do think he had a good game. He could go back and watch that and see what, what he was able to do and the fouls he was able to draw. Um and then I I mean this might be skipping ahead a little bit, but uh if you wanna to go to that PK, that Velarde, like that was that was awesome. The the confidence he took with that. Like he just pretty much like put the ball down as soon as the whistle blew, he just ran at it kicked it in like it was
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't in for that long before that. Like he just sort of yep. got subbed in and there were a lot of other players that could take it. And he's like, I got it. And uh and I wrote this in the piece. I think what's what's encouraging is, you know, this is his first pro goal. Um but last week he was about 15 yards out and he skied the ball over the net. So, you yep. know, that has that has the chance to haunt you as you sort of think through that. Now he comes in fresh legs there's like 10 minutes left in the game we're down a goal and he has to step up and take a pk and he puts it in and i mean it wasn't like it was upper 90 or anything like that but the important thing is is it went in i couldn't tell if the goalie moved and that's why he just sort of you know put it into the to the left hand side of him but uh Regardless, he got a goal, so it, it it takes some mental fortitude to be able to do that, and I think it, it's encouraging after what happened last week to see him bounce back
1: and quickly have that sort of mental strength to just bury it and go from there. So, do you think? Uh, do we think that they uh, they had that worked out as far as who was going to take that PK, or did he just like snatch it up right when he came in? Because that was interesting. Like I remember waiting for the PK to go, and I'm like, who's going to take it? Is it going to be you know like kind of well maybe Forbes because he's captain he's been in you know and i I, as soon as i saw who was taking i'm like oh wait what why why is the 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 new guy and like you know the rookie pretty much taking the kick and uh yeah i didn't have much time to think about it though because he just put it right in i was like oh okay cool that was neat yeah
0: (laughs) yeah no i i was impressed and i think that like i said i think that that echoes sort of what we might be able to expect from him um in games coming up just in terms of that fortitude and being able to not crack under pressure. Well, and it wasn't just the pen. I mean, he, there was, there was, I don't want to say a
2: couple moments because in my head, I can only really remember one, but um, I forget who was making the run, but he had the ball and kind of a 10 position and someone was kind of making the run off the left, like left channel. And the obvious, the obvious pass was just to kind of play it to the outside of him, push the hounds player out further wide to the touchline and, and then you know kind of square up his man and go one-on-one but he i mean he fed a really nice you know kind of precision ball in between two defenders and it just kind of slid right in and the hounds play ran onto it i mean that shows you know he has great he, the vision that he has you know the decision making ability he has um you know in a position where we're down two one where it needs to happen He's, he wasn't afraid you know he wasn't afraid to make the difficult pass you know the easiest thing to do there is rookie young kid um you know play the easy pass keep the ball moving and all that kind of stuff and he doesn't and he you know he he almost creates a chance from it so um no i yeah i think he showed he showed a lot of good signs um i don't know i yeah, i mean i don't know what game he gets a start in because I mean, Dabo Forbes. I don't know if he needs a start.
1: They... Like, hey, he can come in yeah. at the end of the game and just do magic all he wants. So I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't know if I really need to see him on the field, the whole game with the lineup we have right now. Um, I, I think he could get to that point where he would be, you know, good enough to, to justify it. But right now I'm, I'm fine with him being a super sub and coming in and just tearing it up. Um, but, uh, another thing I guess with that is the, the foul itself, uh, Leskia I believe gets taken down in the box uh getting uh two guys on, on him and it just looks like they trip him up. It was I thought it was a little bit of a soft foul at first when I saw it I was like uh but I mean it, it was a foul. It I don't think it was malicious. It was just definitely he I don't think he dragged his foot and like kind of got it. He just actually did get tripped up with them and uh, got the foul so.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a pen. I thought I thought showed his experience there too to put him put to put his body in the right position. Um, I really like what I see out of him. I mean, I'm excited to see. You know, so far, I mean, it hasn't been a lot of time, but already I'm thinking, yeah, he'll get his ten goals.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is a game that again, I I just feel sort of conflicted about because it's like, well, you know, we got the point, we got two goals. Um part of me wants to ignore the two goals against which is not good because at this point we're averaging two goals against per game and we're averaging one goal for it's two games but still like last season there was a point where we had less than a goal against per game average so we need to get back down to those numbers um we'll see i mean especially because we conceded in like what five minutes i mean
2: it's just nuts yeah
0: yeah. So, I mean, that that sort of shows to mental lapses that you might have earlier in the season. It's a shame to see it whenever you have a back line um, that is as, I was going to say, as senior as they are. But most of our back line played together all of last season. So, um, and including with Dabo in front of them, you know, most of the guys were together last season. So. Um, you hate to see that happen, but, again, part of me wants to chalk it up just to early season, getting used to each other and, and getting back into the swing of things. So at some point, that no longer will be the excuse. But uh, Yeah,
1: and that first goal, uh, I thought for sure against us, actually the first goal against us, I thought for sure Greenspan had saved us. Like, it, he he kicked it out of the goal, and then it just came right back at him. He couldn't get it the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh that that's heartbreak right there cuz it's like oh sweet greenspan with the big save oh never mind yeah
0: <laughs> so. speaking of greenspan um i think one of the 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 achilles heel of the hounds last year was our set pieces and our corner kicks it was just kind of like every time we got a corner kick i was like ah, here we go it's clear that the hounds put in some work this off season mm-hmm. and making joe greenspan a target a lot of times he's on the far post just to head it back into the middle to create some chaos. And to be fair, the Hounds' first goal of the season came off a set piece. Um, it was Toby. It wasn't Joe. But, you know, so uh, hopefully we see more of that because that was definitely a spot where we were deficient last year. So, yeah, good stuff there. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the more we talk about the game, I think the more it's weird. Like,
2: the more almost angry and frustrated I get because I really think – like, I don't understand how we lost this game. I mean, it like – With the chances we had begin in in the first half, wrapped up in the two goals we already scored. I mean, we should have, we really should have buried this team. Um, And I think that's going to be the most frustrating thing. Is yeah, maybe maybe when we look back on it, you know, away from home, you know, Salt Park's kind of an unknown entity in the East right now, and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? But I mean, yeah, I I think we we were very. I, I it, it felt like we were very far away from losing this game and so close to winning it and so when we walk away f- with two points it just feels weird and i know that sounds weird after being 2-1 down like in stoppage time but <laughs> but um i think by the way the play kind of went
0: yeah it was just it was just a mad game i think the encouraging thing for me is that when you look back to early season last season, and we had that game against Harrisburg, where like we should have won five nothing or whatever it was, um, and we ended up drawing at home. The chances that we got in that game felt far more—I don't want to say fluky—but there was a lot of like, "Oh, Parks is in all alone," like stuff that would just happen out of nowhere. Whereas it felt like all of the opportunities that we got in this game were very deliberate. They were very systematic of a way that we want to play. Whereas oftentimes the the one-on-none or just a, a crazy turnover and somebody's free, like those things just happen and if you capitalize on them super. But it felt like this past week the team effort and the system that we were playing was much more refined and it was much more intentional and the chances we got we deserved to get. Whereas I think in that other game not that we didn't deserve them, but they, were, they weren't they were earned as much as I think that this time they were earned. And I think that's another thing that's encouraging to me. So I think that's part of the reason why I'm like, okay, we got a point, shades of things to come. Um, let's pack up, let's move on and go from there. So I think that's why I'm okay Here, with it too. Here's, here's a quick,
2: I don't know, I'm gonna give you guys a pop quiz because I'm kind of surprised by this. Um, if I were to say that our our possession stats in this game. <laughs> hopefully you don't already know it. Was either 35%, 45 or
0: fifty five percent? What would you have guessed? I would have guessed either forty five or fifty five, but I know the answer. Yeah, I was. I know the answer too because I'm I'm on the 30, stat page for it. Yeah, but. I mean thirty
2: five percent. I mean that's. But I I don't know.
1: That didn't that doesn't seem right. I don't know. Meaningful okay. possession is the key here because like like sure, uh yeah. Michael was saying before that the. the it seemed like the game plan was to let them just have it in their, their back third and let them do whatever they want back there. But as soon as they tried to come into our uh, area to uh, pounce on it. So uh, I feel like there was a lot of just kicking the ball around for Swope. Well, they didn't really do much with it uh, from the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, they have five
2: shots on net. We have four. So, I mean, we're right up there with them. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, if you look at terms of, like, attacking opportunities, we had ten corners to so their three. Um, yeah. so we were, we were up there far, for, far more than they were. Um, so yeah, overall, I, you know, if we're going to grade the performance, I'd say it's a B sure. Like it was, it was good. It was enough to get the point. It should have been an A, but like they didn't write their name at the top. So I dock them points for that. So it's a B it's <laughs> a really good way of putting it. I was going to say, I mean, performance wise, I would have even said like a B plus,
2: yeah.
1: but yeah, it's, it's a weird it was a weird game yeah just fluky moments where they're just they're not on it and that's what caused the goals so it's you know
2: which is weird i don't know because i I think we have i don't know we've talked about it before we have a team where they should not be having mental lapses you know these are experienced guys um i think the only thing maybe and and i i I apologize i forget his name but one of our substitutes was the guy who was like a walk-on trialist or whatever caleb smith um yeah, yeah. It, i don't know it, he he i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, don't want to I feel like you're it, like he no, okay. <laughs> uh. i i I'm, i could be projecting this memory back um but i i think he wasn't great for their second i am if i remember correctly swept kind of get around him a, a bit too easily and, and i remember him being kind of anonymous for the rest of the game um I don't know if it's an influence of something like that, but I don't know. It, especially from from the hounds last year and the players we brought back this year, this was you know a, a mental lapse in defense would have been the last thing I, I would think we're capable of, and and that's the thing that I think I'm just so like, come on guys, like this shouldn't be happening. It's like it's to me it wasn't like Swope put together an incredible passing move and someone did something spectacular it was just
0: we fell asleep for five minutes and i think that's the frustrating thing yeah. <sighs> guys anything else about this game i feel like we've broken it down pretty thoroughly and we could keep going for a while but we got other stuff so we're going to move right. on um I, I would just say i, I want to see brett start next week okay.
1: i think he will i think he's going to be a, the, the starter i just think uh there might have been uh a lingering injury or something like that uh, last week yeah. before and that's why he didn't start that game
0: Speaking of last week, I went on a bit of a rant uh, about the Post-Gazette not covering the Hounds after their game last week. Uh, Lo and behold, today, they put out an interview with USL President Jake Edwards, which let's face it. The two really aren't connected at all. Although I will say thank you to everybody who sent in, uh, complaints. I shouldn't say complaints, suggestions to the post gazette that they should provide more hounds coverage. Uh, if you have not received your stickers yet, they will be coming to you soon. We have the list. They will be get mailed. They'll either get mailed out or Josh or Liz will give them to you the next time they see you. Um, so thank you to everybody. We did get the emails. We do appreciate you guys sort of supporting that effort. Um, but uh, yeah, Josh, I think you were the first one that sort of brought it to my attention that the Post did an, art, an interview with Jake Edwards. There were some interesting tidbits in there. I think what was uh, what was one of the things that you saw that sort of made you go, "Huh?"
1: Yeah. So near the bottom, uh, that he was quoted and saying, "You know, the goal isn't." For- Pretty much what every team's seen is that it's not so much to make it the MLS, it's more to build that soccer community, to get the soccer fans that are in the community already who are not watching USL to support local soccer. And in that whole type of thing that he was talking about, pretty much saying like to get attendance up and then to get a new stadium somewhere around the city or in the city because they, w- they want to see the Hounds outgrow uh, Highmark and kind of pushing this uh, this thing that we haven't heard in a while which was a new stadium thing. I know there for a while Tuffy seemed to be on on the prowl to try to get a uh get some land to build a bigger stadium uh, with better better deals and better uh finances uh, than what Highmark was built with. So it was interesting to kind of see that rear its head again because it, it kind of felt like it's been a non-issue or or at least that that the Tuffy and the hounds were content with Highmark for the near future, at least, and kind of not looking for anything. So this makes me wonder if there's actually more than what we know going on as far as them trying to find a place for a new stadium. But that's like a problem for the future. I don't don't feel like we're anywhere near this, so I don't know why it's... I don't know why he decided to bring that up, (laughs) I guess. Well, and I also... It's not
0: clear whether or not the Post-Gazette even talked to Tuffy about it, whether they just talked to Jake Edwards and he said, I'd like to see them move into a bigger stadium. And it's like super. Like I, who knows if he and Tuffy are on the same page at all. Um, I do think that I agree with you. I think this is a problem for the future. And I think Jake sort of referenced it where he said, first you, you start winning, then you start growing the fan base, and then you get yourself a bigger stadium so you can put more fans in there. And I think that that's going to be the exciting thing is once we get to the point where we're consistently selling Selling out, you know, selling 5,000 5, tickets to every game and we need a new stadium, then that'll be a pretty cool watershed moment for the team um, to grow and expand that way. Uh, I thought one of the other interesting points was uh, he talked about sort of the, the draw and how you have some of these other teams. He mentioned specifically Drogba out in Phoenix, and he mentioned Joe Cole in Tampa Bay and getting some of these big name players to help draw uh, other fans, which he I think he referenced. Like, we know that there are other fans in Pittsburgh of soccer. They're just not fans of the Riverhounds yet. But he said getting some of those big players or a big player to make that draw. He thought he felt that the Hounds were in the running to get something like that soon. And that could just be straight-up marketing talk. But that also sort of harkens back to the discussion that we had this offseason where it was like, if you could sign anybody, who would it be? And I think we all sort of settled on Rooney. Um, but uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. You know, if, if all of a sudden – Drogba, but not Drogba, just like fell into Pittsburgh's lap. And he was like, Yeah, I want to be part of the team. I'm going to be, you know, part owner, but I'm going to play. What would that do for fandom in Pittsburgh? I mean, how many people would come out to see Drogba play at Highmark Stadium because he's now a river hound, regardless of whatever else is going on with the hounds? And I think that that number could be pretty substantial. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, regardless, it was an interesting article. I thought, again, I thought the timing was just really funny and again I I Thank you again to everybody, but I'm, I'm not convinced that it was our efforts that caused the Post-Gazette to reach out to Jake Edwards to do an interview, but uh, yeah. It was, it was a great turnaround, though. It was yeah. a great... Cr- yeah.
1: <laughs> Although, I didn't check. I, I meant to check on Sunday's paper to see if there was any uh, scores for the Hounds in uh, Sunday's Post-Gazette. I uh, did not get a chance to look, though.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't go into my, uh, my in-laws, and so I didn't get my hands on the Post-Gazette, the physical Post-Gazette or the trip to yes. see if it was in there. So, um, this Sunday... I will be there, so uh, we will see if uh, if the Bethlehem Steel game makes the paper or not. But uh, regardless, good stuff. Kev, was there. Do you
2: guys know? Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you guys know if, like, you know, the USL president, ha- like, I don't know, is in constant communication with owners? Like, I, how much do you think he's talking to Tuffy? Is my point. I think good because amount, to me, actually, really,
1: yeah, I I feel like this is a small enough league where it is a little bit more. Uh, Not face-to-face necessarily, but definitely more communication going between the front office and the clubs uh, than when you would see in, like, a giant league where everyone has their hands full with other stuff.
0: I mean, there's 36 teams in the USL Championship. There's, I don't know how many teams are going to be in League One. The guy's a busy guy, but I I tend to agree. I think that they're probably all on a first-name basis, and they have enough get-togethers over the course of the year where all the owners are together with – jake to learn about what's going on with the usl and things like that like i said i just don't know uh, how much communication went into getting this the story straight before this was published in the post-gazette versus this was jake right. just sort of pushing the usl as much as he could so uh yeah right i mean i don't know to, to me it just felt
2: weird because yeah i mean you guys have already said it it's like we're not filling the stadium as it is like we need to we need to focus on that first and I don't know, I mean, I don't want this to digress into a whole other freaking conversation about stadium placement and all that kind of stuff, but I think if, if at all possible, I mean, Highmark is such a freaking gem. Like, it's, you know, I, I've seen Highmark, the stadium being posted on, like, global conversations of, like, the coolest soccer, you know, stadiums <laughs> in the yeah. world. Like, it's an awesome soccer stadium. So it's, to, to just kind of so laissez-faire, say, like, oh, no, yeah, they just need to move and... I don't know. It's kind of weird. That's but. a good
1: question, though. Is okay. So let's imagine what expanding that stadium could get us up to. Let's just say 10, 10K. If they were to like wrap it around to the grandstand, to the supporters section, have those connected, have it, it all be that same height, maybe even add a little bit more height on the supporter section side if you want to make it like bigger right there only. So let's say you get it up to 10K. I feel like if we're filling up 10K consistently, that's an okay place to be. Like, yeah, I don't know if we need absolutely. to make it even bigger or go somewhere like yeah it would be cool to get like you know 18 20k people at riverhounds games but i feel like a consistently full house of 10k for however long you can sustain that is better than trying to grow it even bigger than that and maybe maybe if you have to you have some special games at like uh, at you know i don't even know one of the other stadiums that have more room um just for like a, an expedition type game or like a, a one-off a championship type game
2: I mean, you know, like teams like Fulham in in the Premier League in England, you know, a big historic club, their capacity is 25K. I mean, we're not talking like leaps. and We're not saying like you're only a proper soccer club if you have a 50K capacity stadium. Yeah. Like, no, there's, there's tons of really legitimate, great historic clubs all around the world that you don't need a mega stadium for. And, and you can still create an incredible atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. We're getting way off topic. We should. Know. Well, no, I,
0: the the one other thing that this sort of the harkens to that I thought when I read the article, but then I didn't think to bring it up now until you mentioned it, was Jake specifically calling out and saying that like MLS doesn't really appear to be in Pittsburgh's future, which I think we've danced around and we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. Um, but it made me think it's interesting because there are clearly teams in the USL that you could sort of mark for MLS, right? I mean. Louisville, they're going to get a new stadium. They're sort of the cream of the crop. Um, They have higher aspirations. They're likely to go to MLS. Sacramento is the same sort of thing, where they're sort of marked for MLS. I wonder how much of what Jake Edwards is doing is sort of looking around and saying, okay, we know that there are teams that are using this as a stepping stone, but what teams can we sort of um, look to to sort of be that rock? That will be what MLS or USL will sort of revolve around moving forward. And granted, again, we're we're selling 2,800 people to our stadium. So there's there's other teams that have a larger following than we do, but very few have the history that we do, um, have the uh, the infrastructure right now to be a longer term contender for the next few years that could become sort of the symbol of what the USL is going to be long-term, where it's, okay, there's no real aspirations. I shouldn't say aspirations. The The likelihood of them jumping to MLS over some of the other teams are low. So this is what we're going to define as the hallmark of the USL moving forward. And now let's start building other teams in this uh, in this image where they start to stick around they have a history. Um, they're happy to be in the USL. They have a fan base in a city that might have three other major sports teams, but they're a passionate fan base. And that's what the USL is going to become. It's going to become really entertaining soccer that's not the MLS. So um, – and I could just be reading a ton between the lines and filling in my own sort of thoughts. Oh yeah, that's exactly what he meant. <laughs> that's but what we're here for. I right? know, exactly. <laughs> this is a podcast. So uh so yeah, that was just something that yeah. uh, struck me.
1: We're the second oldest team in the USL uh championship. Uh Charleston Battery were founded in yeah. 93. We were founded in 98. So, yeah. It's that's doesn't get more uh kind of cornerstone than that. So,
0: exactly. So, if you haven't seen the article, uh, head over to Twitter. We, we shared it on Twitter. Um, it's all over the place on Twitter. So go make sure you go read it. Um, and leave a comment. Let the Post Gazette know that you like articles about the river hounds because that's what's going to encourage them to do it more. So make sure that you just go and even just say, great article about the hounds. That's your call to action for this one. So go do that, and maybe we'll send you a sticker. I don't know. Take a picture. I would send it to us. We'll give you a sticker. Um, just giving away these stickers. We're just stickers. giving away nothing. these stickers. It's like water. We're going to have to come up come with a on. whole other design by mid-season because everyone's going to have a sticker. Um, something else that was circulating on social media that we said we would talk about on the show. Uh, So there is a team um, in Pittsburgh called the uh, South Oakland United. And, uh, and they play in the greater Pittsburgh soccer league championship division. So it's basically a, it's not a rec league. It's through PA West. um, But uh, it's, it's an amateur team. And they basically reached out to us and said, Hey, we like the show. Would you consider sponsoring us? And we said, Yeah, let's do it. And so um, something that we've talked about sort of as a collective, because we do get together and we have sort of team meetings, Mongols meetings where we try to decide, okay, what do we want to do? What is Mongols about? Um, What do we want Mongols to become? And all of those sorts of things. And, uh, And obviously, you know, we have sponsors like Roughneck Scarves. We have all of our great Patreon followers who donate money. None of us make a dime off of doing this show. We purely do it because we like doing it. And all of the money ends up going into things like stickers or like giveaways for Patreon or whatever it may be. Um, And one of the things that we talked about doing is that we'd like to get more involved with Pittsburgh soccer at a grassroots level. And so this opportunity sort of came up and we said, sure, you know, this is a case where we can sort of help out a team, get some decent kits and, uh, you know, now the the um, the South Oakland United, they're going to have the Mongols logo on the front of their kit for this entire season, which is really cool. We're going to get one of their players on to talk to us about their season. It's just a cool thing. and uh, And so I think we want to do a lot more of this moving forward. So we couldn't do it, obviously, without the sponsorship. We couldn't do it without all of our Patreon followers. So if you want to be involved at the grassroots level, you know, head over to Patreon, become a subscriber, know that your money is going to be going towards – Other things, I think that we would like to do more kit sponsors like this in the future, but there are obviously tons of other ways that we could get involved with soccer at a grassroots level moving forward. Whether it's charities, whether it's donating items to local youth organizations, there's just tons of other ways that we could do it. Um, So we're really excited about this sort of first step because we were talking about it. South Oakland United sort of stepped in and planted the seed and we said, let's do it. Let's run with it. And uh, and so now there's going to be a lot more to come. But uh, it was a really cool opportunity. And like I said, the more we can sort of take the money that we get simply because you listen to us and people are excited about the show and we can turn that around and put that back into the community to really help soccer grow at, at the grassroots level, is uh, it's really exciting for us. So, um, Do we know their play schedule? The, uh, I don't think we have it yet
2: we could probably get that when one of the players come on to to talk yeah it's (laughs) because i think that'd be awesome right i mean like especially if they if they play not on a day when the hounds play if they're around if they're playing you know on a field that's in a neighborhood where some of the listeners are you know if whatever you know if you're gonna make like, a TFO awesome and we're gonna go down <laughs> you know and, and that's what it's like oh man yeah i don't know that's what it's all about right supporting grassroots soccer and supporting the community i think it's great yeah
1: yeah
0: so if you're interested in sort of being part of this grassroots effort either you know hey my team needs balls or you know we would like to be a kit you know have you guys as a kit sponsor in the future uh let us know uh, email us at mongols at bgn.fm And we're going to start putting together a list And figuring out how we want to do this In a way that makes sense and is fair for everybody um, But uh, we want to try to help out As many people on teams as we can So we don't have a ton of money But uh, but we're going to, like I said, do what we can and, and this could be a yearly thing Where we continue to sort of just keep giving back And back and back And, uh, and just keep helping people have fun with soccer Because it's a great thing So, Guys, next up we got Beth Steele Saturday rematch from the last game of the season, the last game of our season last year. And obviously we played them this preseason and we beat the crap out of them. But regardless, <laughs> Beth Steel Saturday 7. PM, just sort of looking at, you know, what's Beth Steele been up to? They, uh, they won their first game two nothing against Birmingham Legion, which is obviously a new team. Um, who unfortunately have lost both of their games. Then they lost 1-0 to North Carolina, and they lost 1-0 to Memphis this past weekend. So they are now going to be heading home. They get us. What do
1: we think? Josh, are you nervous at all? I mean, a little bit just because of the fact that we haven't gotten a win yet and you know, going into it. But I do feel like this is a very, very, very winnable game, uh, especially with the fact that it's at... It's going to be a very similar situation that Swill Park was where it's going to be at an MLS stadium that's probably going to be pretty much empty. So it's not going to be like a home field advantage as far as that goes. It's not going to be, you know, a loud crowd that you have to compete with or anything like that or at the atmosphere. Um, so there's not going to be any nerves, I don't feel like, as far as that goes. So, And it's, it's not that far away, so it's not like traveling. It's going to be terrible to this one. Uh, so there's just a lot of reasons i think that this could be a game that is very winnable for us um so yeah i'm not nervous nervous i'm just a little bit just because of the hounds performance so far it has nothing to do with best steals performance
0: Kev, how are you feeling about this
2: yeah similar i mean i think the other challenging thing is i haven't looked at their starting lineup in the previous you know three games that they've played this season but what I mean, I the big number that kind of blew me away when we were talking about best Steel a lot last season was, you know, what in like, I don't want to say in their history, but maybe in their history they've never had like the same lineup than they did the previous. Week. So it's always like I don't know, like I don't, who knows what they're gonna have. I mean that's always the challenge. We've already talked about that with these two teams, um, and I mean, look, if we're if we're being completely honest, they knocked us out of the playoffs. Like, forget preseason you know, they're going to think they have one over on us. And so it's it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be easy, but, I mean, I think it's going to be big as well. I mean, I, I know it's only the third game, but we need to start picking up points if we want to stay, if we want to stay, you know, in the conversation with the top teams in the East. Um, if we're looking back in the first three games and we have like two points or even one point, um, that's starting to put real pressure on us to go through a real big run at some point in the season and uh yeah so I, it's a big game i you know i think it i think i think it might even be tougher
0: than Swope park um but i don't know we'll see
2: what do you think mike
0: i'm feeling pretty good about this game um i think that because of what happened last year because of the guys that we have around from last year that remember what happened i think that there's going to be a real mental fortitude to go in and get the three points and get that back from last season. Beth, Beth Steele is a really young team. You know, union basically came out and said like, we're just, we're going young. We're getting these guys minutes. We're doing what we can. They still have James chambers. So he'll be there. He's played the past few games for them. Um, but for the most part, there's just a lot of youth on this team. And so that's not a terrible thing. I mean, we've seen it year after year with the red bulls where it's constantly a revolving door and they're still able to compete. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we go in and uh, and I think we take care of business um, and get it done. And I think we might do I mean, it in convincing fashion as well.
2: That being said, too, and Josh, you've already kind of mentioned it with the stadium. I mean, these are so Park and Beth Steele. I mean, these are terrible ways. Like I'm happy we're getting rid, like we're getting rid of them early <laughs> on in the season. I mean, because yeah, I mean that atm- the the lack of atmosphere is just, it's hard to watch. I mean, it, you it's know, a just rough watch. watching it, yeah, yeah, it's like, geez, this is. We this do have some weird. people
1: traveling. Uh, Steel Army, there's been at least, I think, five or so people uh, are saying they're going to go to Philly for this. So uh, we have some people going, a couple carloads of people. Uh, so, yeah. So at least we'll, we'll know there will be at least five people or maybe up to ten, I think, because I think we have more than five going uh, to awesome. this game. So <laughs> Nice. And I guess the other thing to keep in mind is that
0: you clearly don't want to look past this game, but I also don't think we want to go to Louisville the following weekend after a loss and, like, feeling down on ourselves. So this is the game to get some three points, get that enter- get that confidence back up so that we go into Louisville on the 6th and uh, and really take it to them. So, Kev, you keep getting really close to your microphone. Like, you want to say something, and then you don't say something. So you're just – now you're just going to shake your head and leave me hanging on the air? That's perfect. You're the best. Guys, let's do yep. some uh, Let's do some <laughs> predictions. Kev, why don't we start with you? Ah, man.
2: I mean, we scored two against Swope, and we should have scored more. I mean, that has me encouraged that maybe we'll get off to a good start scoring here. Um, yeah, and if we just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tight. I don't think we'll i think we'll win but i don't think we'll win more it's going to be a goal uh it's going to be a goal difference um maybe they get a goal but yeah i think maybe two one one now something like that josh
1: two one sounds good to me hounds i I feel like uh, the team has proven they can score in a in a league play game and that uh it's not impossible for us, and I feel like we're, we're on the verge of clicking and getting more. But I also don't think our defense is nearly as high up and great as it was last season at this point. So uh, I don't see a clean sheet.
0: I'm going to say 3-1 Hounds. I think Nico makes up for it. He gets two goals, and then we get a third off a set piece, and uh, and then we do equal. I think James Chambers gets one and tries to taunt the 10 fans that are there because that's what he does because he's a jerk. And, uh, we got, I, I say that at all, you know, from all reports, he's like the sweetest human being ever off the field, but on the field, whatever, go somewhere. Um, so yeah. So that's what we think. Obviously let us know what you think about how you think this game shakes out. We will see. I don't know. I haven't talked to Justin to see if we're gonna have a preview show. Um, I know our buddy Evan Valella is I think in Ireland right now. So (laughs) trying to talk to him about this game might be a little bit difficult, but uh, we'll see. We'll try to get a preview shot if we can. Um, guys, anything that I feel like we talked about a ton of stuff? Is there anything that I missed? Are we good? Just shaking heads? Think they're good.
1: I think we're good, yeah. I was actually, sorry, I'm comparing all three rosters from the last three Beth Steel games to see how many players are the same. And, like, I've gotten three so far that are the same. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so who the heck knows who's going to be on the
0: field? Yeah. But this is what I mean when, when you sort of look at what Jake Edwards talking about sort of the staples of usl like do you want teams like beth steel to be the staples of usl or do you want teams like the hounds being the staples of the usl yeah so yeah that's all we got let's do it boys Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. If you're looking for more great Riverhounds news, head over to BGN.fm. Click on the Hounds logo. There you'll find stuff that we post, like our shows. You'll find stuff that uh, you know other shows are posting about us. So if the Beth Steele podcast puts out a show that's doing a preview about us, that'll show up there. Like when we played Tampa and the unused subs we're talking about the game, that'll show up there. So if you want a different perspective from ours, that's a great place to catch it. Again, you can just go to uh, bgn.fm, click on the Hounds logo. That's all there. Articles. That, the article that I wrote is there. All sorts of cool stuff. Um, follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at Mongols at Mongols Pod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.